Hi there, you're listening to Gift Biz Unwrapped, episode 95. It's never really worked to me because I love this. I can't imagine doing anything else. Hi, this is John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire, and you're listening to Gift Biz Unwrapped, and now it's time to light it up. Welcome to Gift Biz Unwrapped, your source for industry-specific insights and advice to develop and grow your business. And now, here's your host, Sue Monheit. Before we get into the show, I have a question for you. Do you know that you should be out networking, but you just can't get yourself to do it because it's scary? Are you afraid that you might walk into the room and not know anybody? Or that you're going to freeze when you get up to do that infamous elevator speech where you talk about yourself and your business? Well, I'm here to tell you that it doesn't need to be scary if you know what to do. To help you with this, I would like to offer you a coffee chat. For the price of buying me a cup of coffee, we can sit down and I'll tell you everything that I know about networking and how I have personally built two multi-six-figure businesses, primarily through networking. To learn more about this opportunity, just go over to bit.ly forward slash network ninja. That's B-I-T dot L-Y network ninja. And now let's move on to the show. Hi there, I'm Sue and welcome to the Gift Biz Unwrapped podcast. Whether you own a brick and mortar shop, sell online or are just getting started, you'll discover new insight to gain traction and to grow your business. And today, I am super excited to have Lisa Shively, the owner of Kitchen Ease, with us. Kitchen Ease is the direct sales division of Lisa Shively's Kitchen Helpers, LLC. Kitchen Helpers is a food manufacturer geared to helping families enjoy more meals at home. Lisa started her business by writing cookbooks. Then, after years of hearing, we want it quicker and we want it faster, she decided that the only way to do this other than going to their house and cooking dinner for them herself, would be to create quick meal mixes so they could have her cooking in their home. Now Lisa has over a hundred mixes and they mix and package daily to ship all over the U.S. You may very well have already tried some of Lisa's mixes. Lisa, welcome to the show. Good morning, Sue. I am so excited to have you here. You and I met years ago at a trade show and your business has just boomed. I am so excited to hear the whole story. I am so excited to be here. I have loved you for many, many years and I never see you enough. So to get to share this with you is amazing to me. Totally agree. We're going to start out in our traditional way, and that is by having you describe a motivational candle. It helps our audience see you just a little bit differently. So if you were to describe your ideal motivational candle, what color would it be and what would be the quote on the candle? Well, the color is very easy. And if you see anything with Kitchenese on it, you already know the color that I'm going to say. My color is hot pink. <laughs> I love hot pink. It it screams everything I feel. So hot pink is me all the way. I wear it almost every day and it's on everything I seem to touch. My inspirational quote would be, and we use this a lot, keep in mind I'm a food manufacturer, so this one really speaks to me. We use this, it's bless the food before us, the family beside us, and the love between us. And the food 
that we are blessing is the food that we put together and send out all over the country every day. The family beside us is everybody that's enjoying that food. If you're eating my food, it's like I've been there cooking for you and I don't cook for strangers. So you are family if you're eating my food. And the love between us, that's self-explanatory. We put love in everything we do and we want people to know that, feel it and taste it. I have shivers. That is (laughs) so beautiful. Gift Biz listeners, when I talk about branding your product, you just heard it right there. Love it, Lisa. Love it, love it, love it. All right, I want you to go back and tell the story. And I know there's a lot of stories that come from this, but how did you, in the very beginning, start deciding you were going to start cooking? Because that's not your education, as I recall. It is not my education. My background is in the chemistry lab. I was a stay-at-home mom at the time. This was in uh, 2003. I'm in North Carolina. We had a terrible ice storm. We were home for about three weeks. The kids couldn't go to school. Things were getting nuts at my house. Everybody needed a project. My project became putting all my recipes together. And once I got them together, I thought, you know, this could really help a lot of people because all I do is normal ingredient cooking that anybody can do, but it makes you feel good that you can put a delicious meal on the table yourself at your house. So that was always helping people was the basis even from day one. I didn't even realize it at the time, but I started with cookbooks. And every time people would see me, they would want another book. And by that time, I was touring with the Southern Women shows. I was setting up, I was doing events and book signings all over the place. And face-to-face with a lot of people, they kept wanting quicker and easier. With my background in chemistry, it was just a normal step to go right into food production. And so that's what I did. I started with six basic mixes like my meatloaf and my spaghetti. And it's just grown and grown and grown from there. And so it all started just with this idea from your kitchen. Yes. Let's talk about these six mixes. Way in the beginning, give our listeners an idea of how that worked. Were you mixing in the kitchen? Did you get a license? Right after the idea, what was the very next step right after the initial idea? Well, I had already made a lot of connections with all the events that I was doing with the cookbooks, and I've written eight in total now. And so I knew that to produce food, I needed a certified kitchen. So I started there with the people that I knew and through the state, and I we had another property, and I had my kitchen certified there, and that's where it started. But you you have to do your research and do things the right way from the beginning. And that will just save you tons of headache later. Is there anything looking back now that you wish you would have done differently? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That was a fast response. (laughs) I don't know a business owner that would not answer that really quickly. For me, it is to be very sure and careful on who you let into your business and put your trust into That has been a very hard lesson for me to learn because I love people and I trust people and I realize I don't know every aspect to run in a business. I knew that from the beginning. My background was not in business. So I would have people come to me and pitch to me how much they were going to help me grow and make things great. 
and I needed the help and I believed them and I trusted them. Be very careful about that. Okay, so you're talking about, just to make sure to clarify, you're talking about not people that you're hiring in to work side by side with you, which of course you always have to be careful with that as well, but you're talking about people who might approach you with big promises of what to do with the business and you were willing to take the help, obviously, because those are things that you never needed to know before. That's right. And I knew I didn't know that. And here they were telling me they had the answers and I needed the answers. So I think what I would take from that is have more confidence in yourself. You know you don't know everything. Nobody does. But you can research it and you can learn and have your own education on it before you hand it over to somebody else. Then you have an educated idea of what it should be. Got it. I like what you just said there too, because as we grow our businesses, there's no way we can have our hands in everything as things get bigger. But your point is, have a baseline knowledge so that when you're looking and going through, and I know that you know I've had a million people in the course of my bo- all, both my businesses call me offering me SEO help or website help or merchant services or all these things, some of which of course you need, mm-hmm. but you want to have that baseline so that then you make the best decision and an informed decision and a good decision because you know the questions to ask to make sure these people are credible. Right. I do something that maybe we all do it and we probably do. And if we don't, we should be. How's that? (laughs) There you go. What is it? I pray a lot and I listen to my gut. Uh Uh-huh. Because to me, you want to be led in the right direction. And that's how God talks to us. If it's not right, you're going to feel it in your gut. And you need to listen to that. If something says, I'm not sure about this. I'm not sure about them. I don't know if this is the path I want to take this listen to it. If you have questions, find out more because that feeling's there for a reason. Oh my gosh. I am so with you on this. I can tell you because I've, I'll say fallen victim because I don't have any other words right now, but you know, you just want that help so much that you mm-hmm. do bring someone else in to help you, you know, not mm-hmm. in physically, but to, to do whatever that service is. Every single time I've made the wrong decision, I can look back and say, I had that question uh-huh. in my gut, but it just seemed like the easy solution because they were going to fix it. And then you end up having more problems. <laughs> yes. Yes. Listen to your gut. Yes. And as a food manufacturer, I listen to my gut a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to go there. I was going to, I was, what I was going to say is, but your gut's going to be really happy if you have food that has Lisa's mix in it. <laughs> That's right. We make happy guts. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. So drawing this back in a little bit, and I'm still taking you back in time for a minute. Okay. okay. So you were going out to trade shows with your mixes, with your initial six. I remember the table because that's when I met you. We had a booth next to each other. But talk to me about the beginning in terms of setting up because we do have a lot of listeners who go to craft shows. They don't have all this fancy stuff yet because they're putting all their money into their product and growing their business. Talk to us through a little bit about those first shows, setting up of the booth, any logistics, working with customers, any value that you could bring in that category. Well, I have done hundreds and hundreds of events, so I have a lot of (laughs) experience and knowledge on this. It does not take a lot of money to make a really nice display. Don't feel like I've got to budget thousands in to do this big event. 
you don't need to do that. One of the major things you need to do is cover your table to the floor. Whenever I see anybody who just flops the tablecloth across the top and you can see all their boxes underneath, I don't even stop there because I know they're not, a, they're not really there to do what they need to do. They haven't covered that detail. There's other details they're missing. So be sure to cover your table to the floor. Always have a tablecloth of some kind. You don't want it to be too busy because that will take away from your product. And always use height. I'm notorious for packing in small boxes, taking all my little boxes in, and having extra black tablecloths unload my boxes, put them on my table, cover them with the tablecloth to make height. And it looks like I have nice shelves underneath there. They're just the boxes I brought product in with. And that's a really good way you need to build some height. You don't want to just have a plain flat table and you need space in the center of your table for people to stand and talk to you. Don't make it where you're peeking around things because then it's like you're hiding. And they don't want that. They want eye contact. And that's very important. Excellent. Yeah, let's go further with this in terms of communicating and working with customers right at the booth. What do you do there? That's huge to me. And that's my favorite part of everything I do is working with people. I don't get as much of it as I used to because we have sales reps now that sell my products. Many times I say, I wish I was with you this weekend because I love that part. But it's very important. You are not eating. You're not reading a book. You're not on your phone. Put all that aside. You're there at an event for these people. Keep that in mind. They are your focus. And make them feel like that. Make them feel important when they walk up to you that you are their only focus. That's what you're there for. You make connections with people. Don't ever overemphasize things that aren't exactly true because that will bite you every time. Don't do that. Be completely upfront. If you can only make this many of this in this time frame, don't say I can make 10 times that. You need people to trust you because you're going into a relationship with them. Great advice. I really appreciate it. And the portion on displays is really important because that's what attracts someone over to you. If someone's at a trade show or a craft fair, they're walking down the aisle, there are a million opportunities, right? Every mm -hmm. single display. You want to have something that's attention grabbing, but not cluttered, like Lisa's talking about, and where you're going to be able to interact. And then, as Lisa's saying, interaction is key personality sells at these shows and you can hear just in Lisa's voice how fun she is and she's just as fun in person as she's sounding right here I guarantee you that but you want to be lively and energized and it's fun talking with people and not that person behind the booth looking at their cell phone or reading a book and you know just answering questions if someone comes up you want to be engaged and that will sell your product. Did you want to add anything, Lisa? I do. I get asked this a lot. People want to take their husbands with them to work behind the table or their kids. Don't do that. <laughs> I've always found that doing a show by myself was the best way because if there's somebody else behind the table with you, you're going to talk to them. And when people walk by, they're going to feel like they're interrupting you if they walk up and they'll keep going. But if you're there and you look friendly and you greet them as they come by, they're going to stop and want to talk to you. 
it's all a matter of comfort and letting them know you are there for them. And would you say that for, what about like just country craft fairs? I love country craft fairs. Would you loosen that requirement of not having family with you at the booth? I mean, some people have multiple people at the booth because they need it to take care of everybody. Well, when that's the case, because when you, you build up and you do the bigger events, you really do need help. I would make really certain that both people know their role. You know, you have one that talks to the customers and you have one that handles orders. Keep the one who handles orders behind, you know, so it's obvious when they come up who they need to talk to. Now, when you're in the middle of the sale, then you'll hand them over to the other person. But I would make sure they have a work area behind so that it's all about you when you're out there in front of people. And yes, the smaller craft fairs, the church bazaars, things like that, they can be so successful. I do worry sometimes about people bringing their children because, of course, your children are going to want to run around. Mine did. I took them with me sometimes. And that's when I learned they're not going with me anymore <laughs> because I would be distracted because I would see my oldest, Casey, when he was little, across the room getting ready to get into something. And I wasn't there with the customer and I wanted to be. Even at that level, every level, you need to be there for them. I really like, and this is the first time I've heard this from anybody, I really like your idea of systematizing the table in terms of one person being the person interacting with the customer, possibly sampling. I don't know if, if you're still sampling, but you were at one time sampling oh, yeah. and all of that. But when it comes time to order, you hand them off, which is really a nice, smooth flow because then you're able to continue talking to more customers, but that person who's ready to place the order moves on and then the person the order taker person also has their flow so you're not constantly shifting from talking to placing orders talking to placing orders that's right well and the person that is selling the product is not busy doing something else right you know so they see i need to ask her a question about this then you're gonna have her attention there is something else what was it um Oh, about food samples. Of course, we sample foods. Because I say, if I can get it in your mouth, you're going to want more. And, and <laughs> that so is that true. we do a lot of that. It is true. If you are selling food, be sure you're wearing gloves when you're handling everything. There are health department issues you need to deal with at different events. It's different every single one. Find those out before you get there. And make sure you have a small trash can near the front of your sampling for the taster spoons or napkins or whatever. Because if not, they'll take a bite, leave their spoon on your table and walk away. And then you're left with a table full of dirty spoons. That's really important to keep clean, especially when you're selling food. Another thing, you've seen me, I know, I cook in my booth. I'm going to get the smell in the entire building. You're going to know when you walk in the door that Lisa Shively with KitchenEase is there. And you're going to follow that smell straight to me. If you have a product that you can heat and cook and prepare that will get the smell going, do it. It's important. It makes a big difference. You can't tell from a package of my spices what that tastes like, or even what it smells like. So if I can draw you over and get it in your mouth or even just get it in your nose, <laughs> then you've got a better chance of making the sale. 
excellent tips, you guys. I'm gonna have all of this over in the show notes. So if you didn't catch everything, it's gonna be sitting over there. Okay, so at this point, really, we've been talking about the past, which was really the Kitchen Helpers brand. Let's move mm-hmm. on to KitchenEase. Tell us what that's all about. Okay, um, about 2008, maybe. I was exporting palletfuls of product to Canada. I was selling wholesale to lots of stores. And it was good, and it felt successful, and but it did not feel what I needed. And any true businessman is just going la, 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 la right now. It doesn't matter. You have to be happy with what your business is doing for you. I pulled out of exporting. I pulled out of the larger stores because I wanted to get my products to the people who really needed them. And I know with like a recipe you cut out of the newspaper, you're just going to cut that out and throw it in your junk drawer in the kitchen. You're never going to touch that. But... If a friend of yours walks up and says, here, try this recipe, it's great, you are a lot more likely to try that than if you did it on your own and stuffed it away. So my thinking was, I need to get it into the homes of the people who need it. For me, that's busy families, busy moms. They have soccer practice, they have after school things, they're getting in late after work, but you still want to put a good meal on the table. So I changed my company and went direct sales at that point. And now we have sales reps all over the country and we're looking into moving into Canada. But it was pivotal to what I do now. We are back into some stores and I change and grow as we need. Again, follow your gut and don't say no too quickly. All kinds of possibilities come up, especially at events. If you go to an event and you sell $20 worth and you're really disappointed and you think this whole day was a waste, it probably wasn't if you did it right. If you did it right, that means you got information into people's hands. You talk to people. You may not know six months to a year after the event if it was successful or not. So don't ever beat yourself up after an event if you've done everything you could. That's really important to do. It's really important because I know a lot of people, I mean, now it's nice if you're at an event, if you can at least cover your initial costs, you know, the boost costs, travel, you know, all of that. If you break even, that's really nice. But the one thing everybody really should be thinking about is exactly what Lisa just said is exposure of your product Mm -hmm. because that lasts well into the future. You just don't want, you know, you are forever going to events then to keep up if all you were doing was selling right at an event. So really important. That also goes along with brochures and everything else that you might have at a table that people can take away with them because you want to make sure that they're able to remember your product, whether they've made a purchase or not. Mm -hmm. The second thing that Lisa just talked about that I really also want to drive home is growth does not always equal happiness. Having a huge company does not mean you have the lifestyle that you went into this for in the first place. Success and value of your own business is different to everybody. Some of you have nine to five jobs and you have a hobby and you just wanna make extra money on the side with a business. That's success. Some of you wanna replace your nine to five job with a business. That can be success. Some people wanna grow to be the 
I don't know, Mrs. Fields cookies of the world. It all depends on what you're wanting and every single level can be successful. Don't just always be thinking it's always the dollars that equal success. So I want you to go back and think in your heart and as Lisa says, in your gut, what are you really trying to accomplish when you're starting and growing your businesses? Okay, Lisa, back to you. All right, so now when you're transitioning into KitchenEase, it's going to look entirely different. You've already talked about that a little bit, that you're not out at shows anymore. I mean, your whole day in terms of what you're doing has changed. Talk to us about how, number one, you started acquiring people to be in KitchenEase. How did you develop the structure so that then you're working with, do you call them sales associates? What do you, what do you call them? They are representatives? consultants. 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 Okay. Mm-hmm. So talk us through how that developed. Well, my background was not direct sales. So I had to do a lot of research on that. I knew that was the way I wanted to take it, but needed to know how to make that happen. What pushed me over was one afternoon, a friend of mine called and said, I've lost my job. Can you help me? And you know me and helping people. I thought, well, yeah, I can help you. So that's when I decided I wanted a way for people to be able to sell my products and for them to also make a living doing it. Whatever they're looking for. If they're looking for just spending money on the weekends, whatever they're wanting out of it, they have their own business with us. My website designer is really who built the site so that it is multi-level and people sign up under other people. And because my background's not in direct sales, I don't do minimums. We don't beat you down if you haven't had so many people join you this month. There's none of that. It's much more important to me that we are a family that support each other no matter what. And it's not just in the business. I mean, we just had a baby born last night and we've all welcomed the baby Lexi to the Kitchenese family this morning. Oh, There's so much more to it. And that's what brings me happiness and joy. It doesn't matter who you're under. Everybody helps everybody. When I first started, I thought I had to do it all. I had to be the one. I have to answer all the questions. I don't. A lot of what we do is on Facebook. I built the company basically on Facebook, the direct sales end of it. We have a private group for just the consultants and they share ideas and they make flyers and any question anybody has, there's always somebody there to help. I can sit back now and just watch and smile and know this is good and this is what I wanted and this is what I'm supposed to be doing. That's awesome. How many consultants do you now have? We have almost 500 across the country. Yeah. I remember when you were just starting that and just, Mm -hmm. you know, starting to attract people. So initially, you had your first friend who called you. Mm -hmm. And then how did you build up, let's say, that first 25 before the ball starts rolling and the word gets out and all of that? Facebook. It was all Facebook. Well, I used Facebook as a tool for research to find out how all this worked. And once I saw how it worked, I thought, well, I can do that. (laughs) And you can. Knowledge is power. And don't be afraid to poke around and figure things out because that's how we learn and how we grow. And you have to always learn and grow. Another really important thing is 
is one, never think you know everything about anything because you don't and you won't. <laughs> Always be open to learn more and to take suggestions. A huge thing that I do twice a year, we change the catalog. So in the next few weeks, I'll be testing for the spring summer catalog. I don't do that by myself. I go to my consultants and I say, I'm going to send you a survey. I want to hear everything you like about us and everything you don't like about us. Every product that you've had people walk up to your booth and ask for that we don't have. Any criticism, everything. I want to hear it all. And you cannot take that personal, even though it'd be really easy because these are my recipes. This is me. You have me in a package when you buy my products. But you have to cut that off because you want it to be the best it is. And just because I think it is, maybe it's not. So you have to cut your ego away, but still have the self-confidence to do what you need to do. Wonderful. I mean, really what's happened to you is your customer has changed from being the direct end customer, the user of your product, to your consultants. Your consultants are now all your customers. Yes. And you've been talking right now about the importance of staying close, asking questions, getting direction and guidance of what you do next by communicating with your customers, which is so important. It makes actually your life a lot easier, except when there's things that they say that can be done better or whatever, you're, to your point about not taking it personally. Mm -hmm. But you don't have to guess anymore when you're talking directly with your customers. They tell you what to do next. Well, and they're out there talking to people where I'm not anymore. Right. So we need the feedback and it's really important and it does is a huge help to me because I can think I know what we need, but if they're hearing something different, then that's what I want to give them. I want to give them everything they need to be successful. So I put it in their hands and say, let me hear what you're hearing and I'll make it happen if I can. Okay, one more question here on all of this, and that is, what direction are you giving all your consultants, or what framework, or if, it's, if the actions are bracketed in some way, how do they then go and sell the product? Everybody has their own thing. We have a lot of people who sell online only. Sometimes they are not able to get out and do events and carry heavy products and or that's just not their thing. With us, it's really easy to find your niche and what you're good at and just roll with that. If you're not good at events, don't do events. Just do online parties. We do tons of those. We make it really easy, but it's all a matter of you. It's a personal thing. This is your business. I'm the behind the scenes now. You're the one out there face to face. Do what makes you comfortable and make you feel good because they'll feel that and they'll be comfortable with you and you'll create a repeat customer over and over and over. So they can virtually do whatever they want in terms of mm -hmm. acquiring business. Okay. This does lead to another question. Okay. Um, it is your brand. So you certainly want to make sure that the energy behind it, the presentation of it, use of your logo stays consistent across mm -hmm. anything that reflects your brand. I'm quite, I didn't ask you that, but I'm quite sure that that's the case. There has mm -hmm. to be some type of a contract or legal documentation or something when you bring on a new consultant. 
There is. When you join us, we have a manual that goes out, and in the very back page of the manual is a signed agreement saying that, you know, you won't do this. We don't allow people with competing companies because of liability insurance, and it's just not good business to be selling two different food companies on the same table. But all of that is very clear. It's all very easy written. There's nothing in big legal lingo that nobody will understand. I am very upfront. We have a Facebook page of potentials where our actual consultants man this page and people who have questions that have never heard of us before go there and ask questions about joining us. And sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. But it gives them a comfortable feeling immediately. We're not some big corporate head. We are still real and everyday and there for the people. I love that. Okay, super. And you went and got some legal advice or someone helped you with the terminology as you were putting that into. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right, Lisa, we're going to turn now into our reflection section. Okay. What is it about you just as a person that you think you've drawn on that has helped you to succeed with both kitchen helpers and kitchenese? Well, you're going to find this shocking, but I like to talk. <laughs> <laughs> My no, grandmother, my <laughs> grandmother in South Georgia, you know, after I started my cookbooks, I started touring with the Southern Women's Shows and hosting the celebrity cooking stage. And my grandmother said one day, she said, well, you've always had the gift of gab and now you finally found a way to use it. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> and it's true. Find what you're good at. Find what you like. I like talking to people and if you're good at that, run with it. If you're good at just the artwork, then find somebody that counterbalances you and gives you the other parts you need. But you don't have to give your business away to them. You know, you still are the business. And in terms of productivity, and it doesn't matter if you go back to earlier time or now, but is there something, a tool you use or something you do that helps you accomplish everything that you need to during your day? Well, I'd love to say I accomplished everything I need to in a day. <laughs> I don't. And that's another thing you have to get to grips with. You can only do as much as you can do. And you have to realize that because you do want to grow your business and you do want it to become more successful. But at the same time, you have to know your limitations because if you start doing too much, you're not doing anything well and you want it to all be done well. So my balance is to be alone first thing in the morning, get my thoughts together and I wake up in this mood. And that's really important. A lot of people wake up and it's like, oh, it's Monday. I never have that. It's a whole mindset. If you love what you're doing, it shows in everything you do. What I do, I go to work. You know, I have an office. I have a workplace. But it's never really work to me because I love this. I can't imagine doing anything else. And when you find that balance of happiness and work, it's not work anymore. It's just passion and what you love to do. Beautifully said. Moving on, I almost can't, but I'm not. <laughs> um, have you read a book lately that you think our listeners could find value in? Do you know? I don't read a lot because I don't sit down much, but 
I am a huge fan of the whole Walt Disney world. Walt Disney was such a visionary and he got it. He knew that you had to take care of the customer. He knew that they needed to feel comfortable. And there is a book called The Wisdom of Walt Disney. No, we're not building a theme park. And that's not even what he's talking about. It's just basic, do this, this will happen, feel good about it. it. It's a very positive book, and I think it would help a lot of people to read it. Perfect. Thank you, Lisa. Mm -hmm. And Gift Biz listeners, just as you're listening to the podcast today, you can also listen to audiobooks with ease. I've teamed up with Audible for you to be able to get a book, possibly even The Wisdom of Walt Disney, for free on me. All you need to do is go to giftbizbook.com and make a selection. That's giftbizbook.com. Okay, Lisa, I would like now to invite you to Dare to Dream. I'd like to present you with a virtual gift. It's a magical box containing unlimited possibilities for your future. So this is your dream or your goal of almost unreachable heights that you would wish to obtain. Please accept this gift and open it in our presence. What is inside your box? Oh, well, that would probably sound like a very complicated question, but it's not to me. In my box, there's people. There's people that are positive and supportive and like-minded and are there to give you what you need on every level, on spiritual, financial, on advice, on personal day-to-day conflicts. The people around you can make all the difference in your life, period, but especially in your business. So to me, I would I would have a box full of people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of one of those little circus cars where the doors open and all these people keep coming out. <laughs> I've got a whole lot of them in there. There you go. <laughs> Lisa, how can people find you? I'm very easy to be found. Our website is KitchenEase, that's kitchenease.biz. So it's kitchenease.biz. Or I'm all over Facebook. We have a fan page that's KitchenEase Direct Sales. You can go to my personal page. It's Lisa Shively. I'm everywhere. I'm very easy to get in touch with. I answer any questions anybody has. We have a sign-up special going on right now. I want to be something for everyone. There's no browbeating. There's no talking down to anyone and what we do. And that's very important to me. And we're all equal on whatever level you're on. So I'm just as obtainable as anybody. And Gift Biz listeners, as you know, there's a show notes page and you can go over there and you can capture all the information and also jump to different segments because I have everything time stamped, jump to different segments of this show if there's something that you want to hear again specifically from Lisa. You can find the show notes page at giftbizunwrapped.com. Lisa. Yes. There is no question why you're successful. You have this <laughs> spirit in you. You can hear it in your voice. 
it just draws people to you. People want to know you and people want to be with you. And it's so encompassing in your entire brand. It's just absolutely beautiful. I mean, you just interject your personality in everything you do. I do. <laughs> I am so happy for you. I am so proud of you and all your development. I remember you way back when, when you were afraid to fly because you got invited to Paris uh -huh. to talk about your product. I wish you continued success and may your candle always burn bright. Thank you so much, Sue. I have really enjoyed this. Where are you in your business building journey? Whether you're just starting out or already running a business and you want to know your setup for success, find out by taking the Gift Biz Quiz. Access the quiz from your computer at bit.ly slash giftbizquiz or from your phone by texting Gift Biz Quiz to 44222. Thanks for listening and be sure to join us for the next episode. Today's show is sponsored by the Ribbon Print Company. Looking for a new income source for your gift business? Customization is more popular now than ever. Brand your products with your logo or print a happy birthday Jessica ribbon to add to a gift right at checkout. It's all done right in your shop or craft studio in seconds. Check out the ribbonprintcompany.com for more information. After you listen to the show, if you like what you're hearing, make sure to jump over and subscribe to the show on iTunes. That way you'll automatically get the newest episodes when they go live. And thank you to those who have already left a rating and review. By subscribing, rating, and reviewing, you help to increase the visibility of Gift Biz Unwrapped. It's a great way to pay it forward to help others with their entrepreneurial journey as well.